Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode number 20 of Thyroid Nation Radio Live talk show and podcast. I'm Dana Bowman, founder of ThyroidNation.com. And I'm Melissa Phipps. Melissa is joining us uh, from our Thyroid Nation radio team. She is a Thyroid Thrivers. She wrote her story, which I have yet to to do, and neither has Tiffany. We still have our bet going, uh, but Melissa dealt with uh, several separate severe illnesses throughout her life, right? One of them being misdiagnosed as being bipolar for over a decade, and uh, you finally discovered what your root cause was, and it was was your thyroid. And so she's joining us from the team with lots. She has lots of information, and she's fabulous. She's always on the back end when we're talking uh, to our guests. She's always chatting questions, and, and she's really fabulous. So I'm so grateful to have you calling in live for us, Melissa, today. Thank you. Thank you, Dana, for having me. I'm in just a few short minutes, though, we will actually be talking live with Connie Curtis. She's why we're here today, and she is a gluten intolerant and food allergy coach who works with people newly diagnosed with food sensitivities. Her passion is to assist and guide them in everything they need to know to go from simply surviving to thriving. She is a Thyroid Nation Thriver herself, so be sure to check out her story on Thyroid Nation's Thrivers page. Soon Dana hopefully will be there as well. But first, before we bring on Connie, there are just a few more exciting things we wanted to share with you. If you're listening now, be sure to check out our Facebook group. Ready? It's a little bit long, but Hashi's Engraved Thyroid Nation Radio Talk Show. It's a place where we can ask questions, get guidance, and find support. And I'm actually one of those on there that helps answer those questions, and I'd be delighted to help you out. Well, that's fabulous. Okay, guys, if you tuned in last week, we hope you did. You heard us chatting with the amazingly talented and passionate Dr. Kent Holtorf. He called in live from France. He got disconnected wow. during the call, but he called back. It was really cool. He's fantastic. And if you missed it, it is on the archives page at thyroidnation.com. There's a tab that says Thyroid Nation Radio, and under that is an archives page. You have to check it out if you missed it. He was really wonderful. And you can also see the lineup of innovative and fabulous guests we have scheduled for the future. So please check that out. And a very big thank you to our listeners. We want to hear about your thyroid survivor journey and story at thyroidnation.com forward slash thyroid thrivers forward slash submit. Submit your story to us, us whether you're healed or not, you're still thriving. It's a journey and that's what counts. And it can often help others feel not so alone as well as offer light to the path on their own journey. All right, Dana, let's get this thyroid nation thriving. Wow, you sound so great. I'm so glad to have you. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Let's bring on Connie. Hi, are Connie. Are you there? Hi, Dana. How are you? Melissa. <laughs> Melissa, it's okay. Can you hear us? Is everybody there? Are you? Yes. Yeah, can you hear us? I can. Can you hear okay, me? Okay, it's actually, it's, I can't. And it's actually Dana and Melissa, just so you know. Okay. How are you? I am great. How are you doing? We are so good. We're so glad to to have you on the show. Well, thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited to be on. 
Well, let's just go ahead and, and jump right in and, and tell everybody, you know, kind of, um, well, we met. We met because she, Connie wrote her thyroid thriver story, and we've just been kind of friends, virtual friends, of course. I haven't met any of my thyroid friends out there in the world. <laughs> Connie and I met, and, um, and I found out she was a, a gluten and food allergy specialist, and that's actually the name of her website, so you'll have to check it out, gluten and and uh, foodallergyspecialist.com, so you'll have to check that out, as I said. And um, I well, want you to talk a little bit about your story and where you, you came to be and how all this started for you. Okay. Um, well, about six years ago, um, I moved to Austin, and I'd already been feeling just, you know, really bloated and fatigued all the time and... Um, I just wasn't feeling like I didn't have a clear head. I didn't really know what was going on. I just figured it was stress, right, like everybody else did. I wasn't happy with, like, my job and stuff like that. Um, so I got to Austin, and um, I one weekend I was hanging out, and um, we, ate pizza, we ate pizza, pasta, and then the next day I ate um, some crab cakes at work, and I came home. And um, I just had abdominal pains, and, like, I got nauseated. I felt dizzy and a headache, and I really didn't know what was going on. And I just felt really miserable that whole night. So um, my um, partner was, like, put me on, you know, he let me rest that night. And then the next day he... um, you know, he suggested that I take out gluten, and I had no idea what that was, but one of his friends um, was actually gluten intolerant, so it was just a hunch he had from what we had been eating um, that weekend that made me really sick. So um, for about two weeks, I took that out, and I, I felt a lot better, and then just to sort of test and see where things out, I ate, like, a cinnamon roll, and I got sick, like, in 30 minutes, so I knew Ugh. that was the problem I was dealing with, so, Yeah. Um, and then just from there, I, I you know, I, I was trying to figure out, like, how do I find a doctor that knows anything about this? Because I don't know anything about it, right? So um, I started doing research, and we happened to have a friend that was gluten-free, so we went to a functional doctor she recommended, and um, he did some muscle testing, and he helped me figure it out. It was actually celiac, and I had hot tomatoes. But um, other than that, like, I just... He gave me some supplements. I just kept feeling bad. Like, I would start feeling really good for a couple of months, and then I'd roll, roll backwards for no reason that I knew of at the time. So um, out of, like, frustration and desperation, I started doing more research on the Internet just to find out anything I could around gluten. And um, I also knew I had dairy and corn allergies at that point. Um, and then I started. I bet you figured out there and everything. Right. That was only, yeah, that I thought, you know, wow, that was a lot, right? And needless, I didn't even know down the road what was coming, but <laughs> um, so I, I cut, I asked, I really started doing all research because I wasn't feeling better, and I found a particular blog by um, another functional doctor that, you know, suggested some tips and questions that, you know, ask your doctor to do if you're not feeling better, Right. So um, I went back to my doctor, and I I said, you know, I've done a lot of research, and I want to do a food allergy test. And he was just like, you know, you don't need to do any testing, honey. Just 
trust me and we'll get you well. And I was sort of like, um, I'm not feeling better. <laughs> I'm like, we're not going to continue doing this. So, um, so I started looking for another functional doctor or anything in that, you know, maybe that somebody could help me figure out why I wasn't making progress, right? So um, I happened to have another friend that found out she had a lot of food allergies. So I went to a naturopath that she was going to. Um, she actually gave me a food allergy test, but that one really confused me and frustrated me because it showed I was sensitive to everything that they tested for, right? So it's sort of like I went home in tears going, what the hell am I going to eat now? So right. um, luckily my partner and his friend, you know, like really did some research on it. And well, she wanted me to do what they call a rotation diet, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and it's something I don't really recommend for people because it really pushes you and stretches you stretches you out more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're eating is probably a big enemy. They are. They are. They don't they don't help you help you at all. So um so I went back to the internet again, you know, doing more research cuz I wasn't I knew this wasn't working and it just wasn't how I wanted to live, right? Cuz I was basically I was getting sicker, I was feeling more fatigue and I knew I wasn't getting well. So um, I actually went back to this blog I found called Gluten-Free Society, and it's um, written and run by a a functional doctor down in Sugar Land, Texas. So I actually, you know, he helped. I had found a lot of information that was useful on that website, and I decided to set up a point with him Um, because he actually specializes in this area, gluten intolerance and um, food allergies. So I set up a up with him, and... You know, just from what I already knew and the medical protocol, like, he was really, he goes outside the box. He's been doing this since 2011, and he knows a lot about this. This is why he specializes in gluten intolerance and food allergies and anything related around it, like leaky gut, you know, thyroid issues, anything. So, um Finally, with his help and his protocol, like, you know, I we figured out other things that were going on, like leaky gut, you know, and my thyroid, you know, Hashimoto's and being celiac. Like, it got all put together and, you know, other things that were preventing me getting well, like having a parasite and candida and, like, that was a really bad bacteria had overtaken my gut, basically, some years of um, inflammation. So oh, wow. with his help and my knowledge, I finally, finally got well and healed my le- leaky gut. And, you know, my body started getting nutrients, so it, you know, so I could exercise and start building muscle. And all those things you think are going to happen, that you do naturally, but if your body's not doing nutrients, your body can't do anything. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. And um, wow. just from... From that, my own journey, like, I, I just knew how it felt. Like, I had a partner, and he was, he's really great, but, you know, he still could only really relate to a point, right, because he didn't have to walk in those shoes. So um, there were a lot of times, like, I just made mistakes that, you know, you didn't realize, like, wheat or corn was in something or you know, it's it's a lot of information to learn, and it's ongoing, and things are always changing from the food manufacturers. You don't always know what they're doing. 
And um, everybody's body is a little bit different. So, um, you know, it just took a really long time. And um, I really want to support people um, on that journey. Um, there wasn't a lot of knowledge when I first started. And even now, though, gluten-free is like a term that's so now it's out there all the time. People still don't really understand that. Like, I'm in Colorado this weekend. Um at my brother's, and, like, he still doesn't really understand, and, you know, like, his, they don't really understand the whole gluten-free or food allergy thing. A lot of people just don't understand it, so I really want to educate people that are dealing with it, educate, you know, just people so it's more understandable and, you know, it's easier for people. There's not so much pushback on, on little things, right? Like, um People can really be very attached to food, and when you don't eat the same as them, it it can create a lot of stress on relationships, friendships, you know, families, things like that. Yeah, that's so true. So much, so many people who who really don't understand, you know, the backlash of, of gluten and all that. In fact, Melissa and I were just talking before the show started, and the British woman that Tiffany and I tease about all the time that counts down and stresses us out. She finally cut <laughs> it off and told us. Had to start the show, but uh, Melissa and I were talking about how um, everybody's different. There's so many external factors um, for each person, which is one of the things we say on the show all the time. I'm sure you've heard us say everybody is different, so there's no one pill that that can just you know magically make everyone better. It's just it's just too difficult. There's too many factors that go into how you grew up, where you live, you know what kind of toxins you live around. If you have you know lots of chemicals in your house or, or whatever. And um, and then it also affects people differently. Like Tiffany, for instance, um, my co-host, she she can't eat certain things. And she'll, her face will will puff up and, and get, you know, big from eating. You know, it'll it'll puff up and things. And, and then, and yet, you know, like there's people eating gluten every day who that doesn't happen. And so it's very confusing because you're like, well, my face doesn't puff up like that, so I must be fine. And right. Melissa and I were saying, Melissa and I were saying, you know, earlier I didn't get to finish, but uh, we were talking about how I had a friend who, you know, said she went gluten free for two years and it didn't do a thing. And go ahead, <laughs> Melissa, tell me what you're saying, um, what your explanation was, because this is this was a really good point. I wasn't finished with my response to her yet, and I'll finish as soon as she tells you. Go ahead, Melissa. Okay. What what I was finding in some of my reading is that. Um, gluten actually can break down that one cellular gut lining in your gut. It can actually either go between the cells and cause a gap or it can convince the cell to let it into it and then kill the cell, leaving a hole. Either way, it lets particles into your bloodstream that should never go there, that should either be processed or be eliminated. And now they're they're adding toxicity and work to your liver. It's adding work to your kidneys. And so some people might not see any any effect in a year or two or even three by going gluten-free. But let's say you've got 10 siblings and only one doesn't go gluten-free and they're like 90 and they realize, all their siblings look 10 or 15 years younger than they do because the weight of the toxicity on their system that was able to compensate has been so drastic that it's aged them. Well, you can't know that until you get to be 80. So some people are finding just going gluten-free 
for some of these other hidden reasons is a benefit. Even if you don't have, like, I get the sores and joint pain and, and what you were explaining, Connie, is your story, I, it does affect everyone differently, but there are some invisible effects that we don't actually have a symptom for that we might be avoiding going gluten-free. What are your thoughts, Connie? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, um, Melissa. Um, a lot of um, people... Um, are asymptomatic, so they don't, I mean, they don't have anything like what you're talking about, right, that they can actually see, but it is doing harm to them in their body and, and things they don't know about. So it is very confusing, and, you know, there's no test for some of the things they're finding, you know, the more research they do around gluten, right? So it's very confusing, you know, for people to understand it because it doesn't fit in that little box, and, and doctors have it, you know, Functional doctors, unless they really start specializing in, in you know, the Western doctors, like it's, it just can't be put in a box. So that's one reason it's really hard to diagnose. And then it affects, you know, it creates auto, autoimmune diseases, right? So it's just a list of things it can do to people, and it's all very confusing and complicated. So Yeah, I, I have found in my journey that um, the people that I've run across, the the effects of it are so different. Some of them it's just bloating Mm -hmm. and feeling yucky, and they just don't want to feel that way anymore. Some of them is, hey, I've got seven family members with Hashimoto's, two with Graves, three with fibromyalgia, and I don't know how many aunts and uncles with rheumatoid arthritis. I'm just going to stay off adding one more thing that can set off or be my trigger. And if gluten is something that will help me do that, then I'm just going to get rid of it to be preemptive. There's, you know, and the range in between. What, what was the rest of what you were sharing, though, Dana, that I didn't get to hear about your friend? Oh, yeah, what I was going to say is, uh, did you just call me Dana? I think you did. It's Dana, silly. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I'm just teasing because, Dana Trentini, I'm totally picking on you. There's uh, Dana Trentini, (laughs) hypothyroid mom, and then there's Dana with thyroid nation. No, I'm teasing you. Um, That's why there's two N's. I knew that. (laughs) Two N's, that's right. Um, okay, so what I was going to say is, you know, with my friend, and she said it didn't, it didn't really help her. And, um, and I was thinking to myself that you're right, and, and it didn't really help her. But everybody is different. And, you know, it's interesting, Melissa told me, I, I had no idea. You read that from Sarah Ballantyne's book, right? About, yes. you know, you don't the see paleo approach. Symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see some of those symptoms until you're older. And so, you know, basically for me, it's difficult because, I have symptoms, and this is probably true for so many people. I have symptoms. I have Hashimoto's, and and I have issues. So gluten, obviously, you know, is a part of my life for being being gluten-free. But then you have people like my husband or my daughter or my son who don't really have issues. And so it's really difficult when you're trying to explain to them, you know, I know you like this sandwich, but, right? It's very, very difficult. And But there are so many things. That that you just don't see and just don't know uh, about gluten and and it's kind of scary and it does it doesn't all just fit in a pretty neat little box like you were saying Connie it's not it's not easy how do you deal with how do you um, you know help people who are who are struggling with those kinds of things you know families family members who don't you know quite follow along um, well in my coaching um, a lot of what we work on is really like. Um, you know, when you really start looking at, like, um, 
your story. I mean, you can have emotional attachments and stories to, you know, food and things around that. And then there, it's, and what you're talking about with flight done, Dana, with families, right, is very tough for some people. So um, I really, you have to coach them, like, to, you know, have those conversations with their, their family and just, you know, the family may understand it and what you're talking about, they may not understand it. And the thing is, just for, like, I tell my clients that they just, you know, either way your family feels about it, just don't let it, you know, upset you and, you know, we and we work on that or frustrate them, right, but just to really just, you know, stand for themselves regardless if their family or friends don't get it. Because I've totally, I mean, I can coach, because um, I've had that experience with in my own journey, so I know it can be really difficult, but you really just have to take a stand for yourself. And, and when you do that, um, you know, regardless, I mean, your family and friends, you just sort of have to start implementing stuff that take care of yourself, and that's what I walk my um, clients through, you know, depending on their particular situation, what they need to work on, right, So, and what we need to do around that around that family and friends. But it's really just teaching them to take a stand for their health and even doing that with their own doctor, like um, stand there and learn what they need to learn and just keep, you know, always learning more about it the more that comes out because it's always just a continuing thing that we're, we keep hearing more about. And, um, you know, didn't just teaching them the basics of it and teaching their family the basics of it, even if they don't eat the same way. But that is one thing we have a conversation with to see if they, you know, can get the family more on board with them because that does make it more easier. So, yeah. We we address it in our house as food is medicine. And if you need your Claritin mm-hmm. in the spring, then I'm not going to – I don't need a Claritin, but like my six-year-old does. And so I make sure that she has that, you know, available to her. And so I can tell her, look – for mommy, something that helps mommy is that she doesn't eat gluten, and honestly, she's now gluten-free as well. And so right. by being able to share with her, like, food is medicine, then she's able to recognize that I'm doing it to make me well, so I'm a better mommy for her. And granted, my kids are really little. I can't even have this discussion with my two-year-old. But just right. with older family members, cousins and stuff, I say, you know what? I feel really bad when I eat this, and I get sick, and my neck breaks out, and my joints hurt so bad that I feel like an old lady and so it's not worth it to me to just cheat and have one donut like you don't understand the consequences for me for that but please enjoy it if it doesn't bother you I I'm not going to be the one that's going to make them feel bad maybe about if they want to eat it and it's gotten easier over time I've noticed that they notice how much more well I am because I was sick all the time. And I'm sure Connie, right. your family noticed too that you went from being extremely ill all the time where you really couldn't see what was wrong from the outside as a family member, but you knew it wasn't the Connie they knew, to being exactly. well. And that spoke volumes to those around me. Exactly. It, did, it speaks volumes to people um to me around, yeah, around me as well. Like, um, they see just how much more healthy and like how I have color now and I have energy now and I want to do things again, right? <laughs> so it's it, it affects your personality too. So you're you, you end up not you know, being the downer in the party. At least that's my experience. And and to just be able to chat and talk with people and have a mental clarity, you know, people would be like, man, that gluten free thing's working for you, Melissa. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And they wouldn't bug me about it anymore. <laughs> exactly. 
the other interesting thing that I've seen with myself, my family, my friends, and um, my clients, you know, see too, is like gradually, I don't know if it's because they see us feeling better, you know, and how our personality, like we go back to being more fun and just feeling better and have energetic, right? They, a lot of times, start taking on eating that same way for whatever reason. And it's not always off the bat, but it does seem to happen gradually a lot of times. There's one thing I have noticed, so. Right. Especially if you see, now, see results. Like, uh, say that yeah, again. Did you, Dana? Did you hear? Uh, um, no, I was going to say, especially if you see good results, like with Melissa, you know, like if your family and friends are noticing all the positive things that are happening because of it, it's definitely one yeah. of those positives that, that may jump on board for with, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It really makes start now, a big impact, I think. With with um, Hashimoto's and celiac in particular, the two autoimmune conditions that, that you deal with probably the most um, that are caused by gluten and, and food allergies, um, how do you address, how do you take it to that next level from just being a, a food allergy or someone's being bothered by it to addressing how it affects the person, especially in celiac? How does it affect the person? Um, and in Hashio, I guess, honestly, evenly. Um, and, and how do you address that as a, like from a client perspective? Um, well, there is, of course, from person to person, but, um, you really just have to um, sit down with them and, and, you know, see where they're at um, physically and mentally, right, and just get that, get a good, I have, I have a, get a good feel where they're at with stuff, like how frustrated, you know, depressed, lonely, whatever is really going on for them, right, or if it's a mixture of everything in the world, right, which it usually is. <laughs> um, right. And um, just see, I ask them, like, you know, why they're feeling like this, you know. And I also really start, um, try to get them to look at, like, why they're feeling like this. If it's because they, you know, simple things, like if they're really attached to a certain food. Because a lot of times we have really attachments to certain foods that really lead back to, like, how we're, you know, what we're giving up and how we're feeling and that sort of thing. So it all can be you know, a, a puzzle, and I just sort of have to start with the, you know, where they're feeling and, like, if it's because of a certain food, and then we just start digging in a little bit, a little bit about it because it's really interesting that, you know, we can think it's about, like, taking a certain food out, but then it gets a little deeper in that. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, when they first come to me, right, they, you know, we just sort of start on the basics, but then when you start digging in with them, they realize it's more like of a mind shift um, when you really start getting into that coaching. So um, I just sort of so you're like a puzzle. <laughs> so you're like a food and intolerance um, uh, psychotherapist almost. You're working with them from that mental perspective that just because there might be a loss in their life, even if it's a food type for them, it's actually a loss how to be able to address the loss, focus on their wellness, and be able to move forward. Am I getting that right? That's a little bit of it. Um, cause that, I mean, it really, I mean, that's part of it. And then part of it, like how other people have a mental attachment to how you're eating and not eating now. So that's why it can be really frustrating and lonely. And I really encourage my clients, you know, to find a, a group that they, you know, can use as a 
support, too, besides myself, right? And then also a group, like, you know, it'll help guide you, like, you can learn new recipes, new foods, and things like that, and have other people that, you know, you can learn from and, um, you know, bond with and get support from. And then you don't feel so lonely. And um, you just start realizing you're not the only one in the world, like, that is dealing with and I think the biggest thing my clients when they start really seeing like even if their family and friends aren't on board it in the beginning that they're not there alone like they have me and you know usually there's you know other groups and things in their area right that they can get support from us in the beginning too so I think that's one of the biggest things besides learning just the basic stuff right like what food you can eat what food has gluten in it what doesn't right about cross contamination how, how you know just all the really basic stuff they also help them with but um really getting that support and getting them not alone is one of the big keys for people now i okay, had well, a couple have... questions so go okay. ahead Donna. <laughs> Um, I was just going to say, you know, if you don't mind, let's 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 stop and back up really quick for those people that are listening that don't really know much about gluten. Can you explain okay. a little bit about how it affects and all of that? Because because of course all three of us know we all have thyroid issues and things, but um, you know there might be some new people out there that that don't know all the the specifics. Would you mind explaining that to everybody for us first, Connie? Sure. Um, well, gluten is. Um, Derived from, and this is where I differentiate from a lot of people um, I've learned from my doctor. Um, gluten is actually in all grains, so they really they started learning that in research. So it's just not your um, the traditional gluten free diet, right? Like barley, wheat, and rye. Um, so it's in corn, rice sorghum, every, you know, all those things like that. So um, if someone finds out they're gluten intolerant or has a gluten sensitivity, depending on how much damage is done, um, you know, they can have floating, foggy headedness, a leaky brain. Um, it affects your um, small villi in your intestines. So it makes your body start working against you, basically. And... Um, there's a lot of different um, symptoms. There's like over 300 symptoms. So, I, I mean, it's a wide variety of symptoms. A lot of the common ones are like what you got, and we've already talked about, right, bloating, foggy-headedness, constipation, diarrhea. Um, those are some of the most common ones I've heard around people. Nausea, weight gain. And um, so, and then it can cause many autoimmune, be involved in as a source of autoimmune diseases, such as the thyroid issues we've all been talking about, Hashimoto's, and celiac, which is an autoimmune disease caused um, by being, you know, gluten intolerant, which is um, actually a gene that people have. So everyone doesn't, everyone isn't celiac. It just depends if it gets triggered or not. And there's no clarity in what triggers that at this point. It, it could be a lot of things from what the research they've been doing. Well, a quick question. What are some of the common triggers that you've noticed in your research and in the clients you've worked with? Triggers for celiac? Celiac, or, and re, yeah, in particular, yeah. 
Gluten intolerance. Gluten intolerance. I don't diagnose people, so, I mean, I would say stress is one of the biggest factors for people in general that, it, it you know, somehow from what I've read and what I've learned from my doctor and just from what I've learned from, you know, conversations with having people, right, um, I would say stress is one of the biggest factors in triggering it. Um, and it could be like a really traumatic experience or if someone's in a traumatic accident or, you know, someone dies or something like that. But they don't really know a whole lot about it. But I would just say stress in general, just like for everything else, I think, stress is one of the biggest triggers for all autoimmune diseases besides, you know, the gluten factor. And then what would be a surprise product that triggered your um, gluten intolerance or would trigger a reaction in you that you were shocked when you found out that that was what was doing it to you? Well, I was shocked because um, I actually took another food allergy test, which is um, a lot more accurate than the first one I took. So just for your listeners out there, like, there's a lot of different food allergy tests, and a lot of them are not very accurate. So you're really paying for something that will just, it doesn't help you get clear on what's going on with your body. Um, And um, when I took the one I got from... um, my doctor, like, my my biggest, I guess, shocks was, like, the two of the things I'm allergic to is apricot and pork. I mean, I would have never known that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. What, what, you said pork? Yeah. What was in the pork that was bothering you? I don't know. It's, I mean, there's. There's a lot of opinions on, like, what it it could be in it. I mean, it could be what the animals eat because they eat grain, right? It could be because they're eating genetically modified grain. I mean, you know, it could be how the animals are raised on um, the CFA, you know, with hormones, antibiotics. I mean, who knows, really? Like, that would really take digging into our food source here in the United States and you know, no one's really, I don't know if we'll ever have that opportunity to do that, right? So, um, yeah. And like you said okay, earlier, well, the thing just... Say that again? Sorry. I was just saying, like, was, like what Connie okay. was mentioning earlier, it's the things that the animals eat change constantly, so then you, you constantly have to change with it. But what were you saying, Dana? Good job. Um, <laughs> I'm just teasing again. <laughs> I said her name right. No, I um, I was going to ask you. You know, you you talked about a food sensitivity test that you had taken before that said you were allergic to everything or you had issues with all these different things. Then you took a better test. Can you tell me a little bit about a little bit about you know different tests that you do take or recommend that your client um you know ask for and things and also. Let's talk a little bit about the fact that sometimes when you do take tests, it may say you don't have a gluten uh, sensitivity, but you, you still really do. Can we talk a little bit about that? Sure, we can. Those are great questions. So um, the first test I took um, around, you know, food allergies, food sensitivities was the IgG test. And, I mean, there's a different – I'm not a doctor, but there are different – 
there's different, you know, IDs, like there's ID, IDE, sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied here. <laughs> so there's different, you know, immune bodies that can be tested. So um, the one that really helped me, my doctor found, is the most accurate, and he tested, like, a wide range of them because there's a wider range of food allergy tests out there, and I don't even know I don't even know the names of all of them, right, because there's so many. Um, the best one that he's had results with and is called ELISA. So that's E-L-I-S-A. And it yes, has, I've heard it of that. Basic, yeah, and it tests like your, it'll take your white blood cell proteins and it'll test it to, you know, food, you know the food proteins, um, you can get it tested to chemical proteins, you know, a lot of different things out there, depending on, on you know, the test, if your doctor, I mean, what, it has a wide variety. So my doctor in particular did against, like, the food proteins and um, chemicals and toxins, food additives, like dyes in our food, so you can see what your, your te- you know, what you're reacting to in those as well. And take them out. Because that's something most of us would never think about is how it's impacting our body, right? Even though we it, we probably think, oh, it probably is because they're not derived from foods all in the in the main source. So um, that's the one I recommend to people that come to me before they come to a doctor and they're thinking about getting coaching from me um, because it really helps them if they know if they have it a clear idea of what they're reacting to right before they come to me and get coaching. And um, Dana, you also asked, or Melissa asked about um, if people have no symptoms um, around gluten. Was that right? Yes. Yeah, no. I'll, yeah, go go ahead. Okay. Um you know, just what from I've learned, and like I said, I'm not a, a medical doctor, and um, that's still a really great area. I just in the you know functional, you know any Western world, right? So like my doc, I think every doctor does it differently. Um, and my suggestion to people when they tell me they came out, they didn't test positive for any you know reaction to gluten, right? Is to really just, you know, like I think it was Melissa or Dana, I'm not, one of you guys said earlier that, you know, or Melissa was saying, you know, you can't necessarily tell of taking it out right in the beginning, right, um, for two years right. or whatever. So I really recommend, even if people haven't, if they don't show it on the test, that they take it out because if they do have any kind of autoimmune disease or like, you know, they're having other food sensitivities, usually gluten is a part of that even if you can't find even if it's even if you're not testing positive to it for whatever reason that is right and there's a lot of and i'm sure melissa knows like there's just tons yeah. you know they don't know why that you know some people are asymptomatic and why some people show positive and some people don't but yet it still affects them and i actually know some people that um have gotten food allergy tests um my partner did and he has some food allergies, and my doctor told him, like, there's a 30% chance that he's actually allergic to gluten, even though he doesn't, he didn't come back positive on the test with it. And that's not a small percentage to just sort of blow off, 
you know, so right. he chose to take it out. And it's, you know, his health has, like, really become amazing now. Like, he's had really bad environmental allergies, and his environmental allergies have, you know, um, I mean, gone down to 50% where we live at. So, yeah. Yeah, my daughter. Go ahead. No, my daughter benefited like that. She tested where there was no issues with gluten for all the different tests that I could get. And when we pull it, um, she doesn't have chest congestion and she's not congested every night to where she coughs all night. And there are nights that she'll be what she calls it um, all boogery. And I'll be like, so what did you have today? And she'll be like, oh, I snuck and I had a bag of goldfish, Mom. And I'm like, are, do those have gluten in them? Yeah, they do. Is it fun how you feel right now? No, it's not. So, see, Mommy doesn't pull that and tell you you can't have it because I'm being mean. It's because I don't want you to have to feel like this. It's yucky. And she's like, yeah, it's yucky. <laughs> so, yeah, there are are many who it just doesn't show up anywhere. But if you eliminate it for a while and then reintroduce it, you'll know what it's been doing to you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's very interesting like that. Um, my doctor um, has spoken about, like, a lot of people, they come to him um, after they've, you know, gone on the gluten, traditional gluten-free diet, but they're still not getting better, even though they've taken out, like, what, you know, we're told on traditional gluten-free diet, like the wheat, barley, and rye out, but they're still not healing, so they finally come to him um, just because they're just tired of, like, feeling icky as you put it, Dana. <laughs> so, um, and then they find out, you know, that there's more to it than that. And once they pull out gluten out of everything, you know, then they feel really great, right? But if they ever slip up, it's like with your doc, your daughter, right? They can really feel the impact. And he calls it, he calls it when they, people are just on a traditional gluten-free diet, it's called, sometimes people have gluten backlash because they've only taken the wheat out. So it's sort of interesting in that respect. Yeah. You want to elaborate on that a little bit more? Sure. Um, So what I've learned is that um, a lot of people go on a traditional gluten-free diet because that's what we're told um, contains gluten, right? The wheat, barley, and rye. And once we take those out, you know, you should – should be no problem, right? And a lot of people keep feeling sick. They don't ever, they don't ever really feel good when they're eating like that, and they're grabbing, you know, the gluten-free processed food out of the grocery store shelves a lot of times. Um, and usually it's because they're they. It's why you were talking about earlier, Melissa, about the you know the when your gut lining becomes compromised and you get leaky gut, yes. basically, and it doesn't heal up because you're 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 still eating gluten, so you're still irritating your small intestine, but now, like, all those little particles are going out in your bloodstream, right, which are causing problems, yeah. like, with your kidney, your liver, you know, basically any of your organs, you know, so, yeah. Okay, I have a I have a, a question. Um, you know, okay. I'm not even sure if it's a question or not, but something I want us all to talk about is the fact that, you know, we all, you know, gluten and, and bread, and bread is bad because it has gluten and things. But, you know, over the years, our our bread isn't what 
now is not what it used to be. You know, when our, our grandmothers and our great-grandmothers used to eat bread and, and things, it's just different now. And oh, yeah. do you think that, yeah, I mean, do you think that there's, even you, Melissa, I mean, surely there's got to be a way or there are people, places, countries. I live in Costa Rica where maybe the, you know, when they are making the, the bread and things like that, it's not so, it's not so bad for you or it's not so, you know, um, since it won't make you so sensitive and things like that. Or you think it's just all, all wheat, all gluten. Do you think we're doomed with GMOs and Monsanto or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know from what I've read that um, genetically modifying wheat made it water-soluble, not just oil-soluble. So what was something that could only be put in oil products to give it that elasticity that you get in your pizza dough and in your French bread that makes it tear slowly that we love so much? That's gluten. That's what does that. Well, they added it to all these different foods that had oil-based, but they couldn't add it to things like your ketchup or your shampoo because they were water-based. Well, now that it's been genetically modified, they can. So like you were saying how different our cultures were 100 years ago and how there wasn't any genetic alteration, which does cause problems also, but in and of itself, being genetically modified now means it's in everything. It's in your shampoo. It's in your toothpaste. It's probably in the dry cleaning and slowly absorbing through your skin as you wear your newly dry clean jacket. I'm sure it's in the carpet. Uh, One of my friends printed me a list and I was dumbfounded. So we're inundated with it at such a higher concentration than just even what we're eating. Then add what the American diet is. Now, granted, like where you are in Costa Rica, the diet is probably much healthier, and I've heard the Mediterranean diet is much healthier. But for a standard American diet, ironic, but it's called a sad diet, you know, you have your noodles and your crispy wheats for breakfast covered in sugar, and then you have your pizza for lunch followed by your mac and cheese for snack time, and then you have a calzone for dinner. And you do that every day as you wash your hair in it and rub it on you in lotion and then spray it on you in this and then sit on your couch in it as you put your dry cleaning on that's got it. And we're just so bombarded with it. Um, what are your experiences with that as well, Connie? What what could you add that is so different now and making it so much more a problem now than it was, let's say, 100 years ago? Well, um, to hybridize, hybridize so much is not the same way we, like, our grandparents even had. And then you, what you're talking about, like, corn and all the things they've started growing genetically modified, right? Um, and we don't really know what those do to our our bodies, except for research is starting to show from, you know, other places that have done research um, where Monsanto had no control over that, you know, that it, it can start to cause leaky gut in us just from eating that that particular product because how it was designed and, ra- and raised. I, I use that term very loosely, but raised, right? I can't think of anything else right, right now. So. <laughs> right. And, and then, and then, like what you were talking about as well, Melissa. Like different cultures, I think different cultures, like how they eat and like where their source of grains are, are are far different than Americans. And like, for example, the Mediterranean diet. I know I, you know, people always talking about that, but from what I've heard, like they eat a lot of whole real foods, right, 
some protein and some grains. So it's not as heavily based in grains as our or carbohydrates as our diet is. So, I mean, it's what you were just talking about, Melissa, like all the carbohydrates, you know, all the grains people eat pretty much at every meal, and that's most of the – that's most of what Americans eat, right, is, you know, bread and pasta. So they're getting a lot of more carbohydrates, and they're not getting a lot of other nutrients that they need from our diet just because of how how the food right. manufacturers make stuff here and just how, you know, our government has, you know, encouraged us to eat all these whole grains above everything else and, you know, and fruit and vegetables and, and meat and, you know, but have just sort of gotten lost in a way, right? And then you have sugar. Like, I mean, sugar is in all these products, too, that contains grains. So, like, people get addicted to the sugar, so they're eating more other processed food, which, like Melissa was saying earlier, it's, I mean, grains are in everything. Gluten is in everything. I mean, everything. It's it's insane here. So, yeah. Yeah. Sugar is a big ugly, too. Yes, it is. Hey, I wanted, to, I wanted to ask. Sorry, ladies. That's okay. I wanted to ask no, about ahead. your business. I wanted to ask how it how it actually got started and and what the process someone can go through to work with you. Okay. Um. Well, it got started because of my journey. You know how it took me three doctors to really find someone that you know really can help me get on the right protocol, right, With I, and all the research I've done, you know, like probably 10,000 hours worth, um, that finally got me on the right track. And I just see so many people that I know and I don't even know, you know, complaining about, like, what we were talking about earlier, like, they don't feel good, they feel bloated, they feel foggy-headed, or they find out they have a thyroid issue, um, and they go straight to taking the synthetics, which isn't necessarily bad, but you also want to tweak your diet along with that, you know, right? Because that helps you as well. So that's why I started my business, because I just really want to contribute and help people that find out, like, if they're newly diagnosed with gluten intolerance or food allergies. And we all know that can be really overwhelming and confusing, and, and you just throw your hands up going, really, what do I do now, right? <laughs> Because your right. doctor sends you out with a little information, and they can help you to a point, even functional doctors, but they don't really have the time to, like, really handhold you, you know, and help you really get started where you can stand on your two feet, you know, the basics of just the basic knowledge stuff, which a lot of people can figure that out. But I can save you time on figuring out the knowledge stuff because I can give it to you, and I can also help you navigate how to have the conversations with your family, your friends, how to socialize in a way where you don't like have to stay home just because you can't eat the food, right? <laughs> you can still go right. to a party and a dinner and have a really great time. You just have to, you know, know these tips and, you know, tips and resources and, and eating out and just all those things people don't really think about. And even thinking about being I find a lot of clients end up being really hard on themselves, like if they get sick and they don't know how or they just don't know how to navigate something and they don't realize, like, they're just so attached to the food and then we start digging, right? Like I was talking about earlier, the mind mindset thing, you start digging into it, why are you so attached to something 
and you really start seeing, like, it's just the food, and it's not, it's okay to give it up. Like, your health is more important to you than that. So, um, and how people, you know, those are sort of the basics I help people with. That's okay, awesome. well, um, I was also, yeah, I was thinking how great it probably is for your clients that, that get to see you for, you know, that come in, do you do, you know, consultations and things like that, that you probably provide a really, you know, a nice uh, shoulder for them and, and give them some good hand-holding and, and make them not feel so alone and, and that kind of thing. Is that probably a little bit right on to the to the mark there? Is that how you work, Yeah, Connie? exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because I want people to really get, like, you don't have to do this alone, like, you know, there's groups out there, but if you need extra support doing it, you know, there's there's coaches like me that really specialize in this area and that we've been on this journey ourselves, so we really know a lot about, I mean, we know, we've probably been in your, you know, we've been in the same place you've been and feeling the same thing that you feel, and I just want to support people on that and get them, you know, really started where, they can navigate it themselves where they're feeling confident around it and just, you know, they get their health faster with less time and money than, like, what I spent, you know. I can sort of reroute them and not make all the mistakes I did, right, because I've done that for you, so you don't have to do it. So, yeah. And um, you make the thing I – go ahead. So you make their journey easier. Yeah. A lot of – right? Yes. Well, how can you? How can our? How can our listeners find you? Can you tell us? I know you have lots of different places for people to find you: Twitter, Instagram, your, you know, website, those kinds of things. Why don't you give everybody a little bit of how they can find you? Okay. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Gluten and Food Allergy Specialist, and um, you can also find me at my website at www.gluten and food allergy specialist. And you can also find me at Instagram at gluten and food allergy spech, S-P-E-C. <laughs> so, um, yeah, those are the three main um, social medias I'm on. So those are great places to find me and my website. And... Um, I think you had asked me something earlier about the services I offered, Dana. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I offer um, coaching services, and um, they can, you know, I have a, um, I do consultations, 30-minute consultations, so we can see where you're at, and I can give you, um, you can walk away with a good idea of how I can help you and how we can work together and also like a tip how to even get started. And I also offer um, different packages of coaching services. So um, I have an eight-week package and then I have like a one-time call so that you can, you know, give me a, a call and we can talk for 90 minutes and get you started there and also then I have a three call session. That's wonderful. That's really great. You can you can also find um you can also check out her thyroid thriver story on thyroid nation and I believe I have that link there as well, correct? Gluten and food allergy specialist dot com. Yes. 
I'm, are you asking me? No, yeah, I just wondered if, if yeah, I was, sorry. Yes, I was asking Connie. <laughs> sorry. Oh, I'm actually not in front of the computer right now, so um, I'm actually just on my phone. So I do believe you had it linked up, though. Okay, we can yeah, and I'll, to be and I'll sure. make sure it's, yeah, and I'll make sure it's there, so in, in case everybody wants to, to read her story, it's a great story. She she summed it up pretty much at the very beginning of the show, but it is a, it's a good story and it's a little funny too. I think at the very beginning you were talking about you know having pizza and and your night out with your with your boyfriend. You were having pizza and just going out and having a great time, and it was like that was it. The downfall was the next day, correct? Yeah, basically it was. It was like I went. I hit rock bottom, and I had no idea what I needed to do to get up. <laughs> and just to add really quick, too, Melissa and Dana, like, that's another thing I really add to um, people I work with and just, you know, in educating people through my social media channels. It's just really, like, this is a serious topic, right, around all this area, but then I want to add a little bit of fun to it. So you're not, you know, lighten it up a little bit, right? Because we all know that helps. <laughs> Stress can be a big enemy. That's absolutely that's absolutely correct. Yeah, so I try to add a little humor in as well. So, And I, I also really share, like, moments of my story so people really, you know, get that I've been there with them. I'm there with them, so. Right. That's kind of what I was trying to say earlier. I think I got a little tongue-tied, too, is that, that people <laughs> can probably probably relate really well to you because you've been there, and it, it hits you hard. So it's it's nice to have someone like that that can hold your hand that's been there and, and has gotten rid of gluten and you're a food allergy specialist now, and, and so that that's probably really helpful for your clients. It is. Yeah, because, I mean, they know that you've been there and you can really, you know, you've walked in their shoes and you're not just telling them this stuff, right, like we hear all the time. Like they just really know I've been there and I'm really there for them. And, you know, it's really to help them get, you know, back their health back, right, so they can enjoy life again. Great. And we've, I think we've talked about where everybody can find you. We thank you so much for joining us today, Connie. It was really fun, and I'm so glad that, that you wrote your Thyroid Thriver story. I know I mentioned um, Melissa's written hers as well, and a lot of the team has, except for Tiffany and I. But uh, your story is really great and fun, so people do need to check that out at Thyroid Nation. And also, glutenandfoodallergyspecialist.com is where you can find Connie. And you're in Colorado right now. Are you on vacation? I, I hope you're enjoying your your. <laughs> we are on vacation, so yeah. Well, well thank you so much. <laughs> it just so it just so happens that most of the people that have been calling in have been on vacation. You know, Dr. Holtorf was in France. He was doing a business and vacation, and you're calling in from Colorado. So thank you so much. We had such a great time talking today. Appreciate you taking your time out of your vacation. We wish we were in Colorado with you. <laughs> well, I yeah. really want to thank you and Melissa for having me on. It's really great, and I really, I'm very honored that you guys had me on. So it was wonderful. Well, to thanks get to so meet much. You. Yeah, thanks so much. Have a great day. Don't go have any fun and think about All right. not, <laughs> not with you there in Colorado. <laughs> okay, All thanks, right. Tony. Thanks, have a good guys. day. You too. Bye.
Hello. That was fun, right? That was very fun. She's awesome. I'm so glad she came on. Yeah, that was wonderful. And um, and we kind of connected, I guess, I don't know, five or six months ago, and she's she was really excited. She asked to be on the show, and, and I was like, absolutely, that would be great. So I thought that was lots of fun. Yes. I, uh, do you want me to give a very big thank you to our amazing Thyroid Nation radio team right now? Would that be appropriate? Well, of course you can, but I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, since I've got you on the phone and you're part of our team and we hardly ever get to have you on the air, which we're working on for having, you know, everybody who wants to be on the air. We're, we're trying to make that happen. But um, let's let's talk a little bit, you know, just a little bit about you because I didn't get to explain in the very beginning, uh, you know, your story. So share it with us while you're on the air. Okay. Um, I have had um, some serious health issues probably since I turned nine, and what Connie was actually mentioning about stress, um, I honestly think that was my trigger. Uh, I grew up in a pretty huge family in Vermont. Um, My dad's one of nine kids. My mom's um, part of a a very big family, and I grew up with all my cousins and everything, and, and I was used to them being always in my life all the time. And then we moved to Virginia, um, for a multitude of reasons. And so we moved 700 miles from everyone we we knew one summer when I turned nine. And I didn't know the school system. I didn't have any family. We didn't know anybody here in Virginia. And then I started school that fall with a teacher who was very young and very new. And when she got frustrated, she would scream and she would yell. And I'm someone who internalizes that. And so between the stress of moving and the stress of a teacher who would scream and yell, my hair started to fall out really bad in clumps. And and then as I got to being a teenager, I started having – I'm sorry? And how old were you when that, that started happening? Clumps were falling out of your hair? Nine. 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 Wow. Nine. Holy cow. Okay. And they did millions so of tests to be- and never found anything. Wow. Yeah, I was really young. And then I started having seizures as a teenager. And then my behavior as a young adult, I was flipping back and forth so much in my mood that they decided to um, diagnose me bipolar. And then I started on a very long journey of medications and side effects. And it wasn't until I had my daughter um, at 30 that I started to get really ill and I started doing some digging, uh, and I started trying to help myself and started working out. And ironic, for all the symptoms I was I had gone through, the one symptom that got me diagnosed as having Hashimoto's was that I started to run every day. I ran a mile every day, and I went up two jean sizes in two months, and I went up 35 pounds, and I hurt so bad I could barely walk. And I was like, okay, this is really backwards. You're supposed to lose weight when you start working out, not gain it. And that's when we found out I had Hashimoto's. So looking back, I can see the writing on the wall. But my mom and dad were very proactive. My mom in the 90s knew to change my food because we didn't have a lot of these health issues in Vermont when we were canning our own food. It wasn't until we started buying all the grocery store stuff when we moved to Virginia that she noticed we weren't well. So even in the early 90s, 
my mom was already doing research on things that now are even more mainstream than, than she could find then. And so she switched us to essentially paleo diet back then, just add in bread. Um, we did have bread. There wasn't any gluten information back then. Um, so quite frankly, I could have been a whole lot worse. Uh, I have a pretty awesome mom. And through changing my diet, through research, I research everything I can find. And through a doctor who uh, begrudgingly uh, humors my request for this blood test and that blood test, and then I read it myself, essentially. Um, and through God's grace, uh, I've been able to essentially become more well than I even was at nine. <laughs> That's hard to believe, right? Can you imagine? That is that is just amazing, and also that your mom was so forward thinking, Melissa. That is fabulous. I'm, I'm. She sounds like a great lady. We'll probably need to have her on the show someday, right? <laughs> oh yes. What what she's been through for my brother and I, we joke that she really should have written a few books because, honestly, the only reason we're my brother and I are even here in the wellness state that we're in is because of the research she did. So, yeah, I, I come by the researching thing naturally. <laughs> Well, and also, I, I don't know, I want to go back to, you know, the beginning of your story. I'm not sure how much we covered of it. Um, but, you know, you were diagnosed as bipolar and yeah. given medication for bipolar. Strong, and strong, horrible medication. Years, right. How many years were you on that? Uh, a little over a decade. Uh, Price started it around 19 or 20. And it wasn't, I didn't start weaning off it until about a year and a half after my diagnosis. And I was 31 when I was diagnosed. So, and then you can't just stop taking that stuff. The side effects are just as bad as what it's supposedly helping you with. Um, All it was doing was masking my symptoms. That's all it was doing for a decade. And that is so important because we talk about this all the time on the show. You know, people go in to their doctor and they say, you know, the doctor says, well, you're just depressed. Here, take this medicine. And instead of figuring out why, you know, and, and your diagnosis was, was misdiagnosed, it, it, it was not correct. I mean, your mood swings were your thyroid talking probably correct and your hormones, but especially after your, yeah. the birth of your son, right? Yes. My, I had, um, I think honestly that the Hashimoto's really kicked in with pregnancy. So I probably had hypothyroidism just from a thyroid point of view from an imbalance at a younger age. And then many times with women, the pregnancy is what pushes them over. I do want to mention, though, that just because my scenario with bipolar was not actually bipolar does not mean that all illnesses that are labeled bipolar don't have the chemical or um, that the person isn't that it's always going to be Hashimoto's. Um, There are those that have bipolar because it's actually a chemical imbalance in their brain, probably not helped by other hormonal issues. Um, And uh, I know that some bipolar patients that don't have any uh, thyroid issues have benefited from T3. I have done a little research and read into that. So there is a connection but sometimes the brain is what actually gets damaged to the point that it can't stop the flipping back and forth versus my scenario, which was um, every time I would eat something or be exposed to something that set off 
an attack on my thyroid, it would flood me with thyroid hormones. So I'd go from being hypo and depressed and mellow and exhausted and and not wanting to live life to manic where I would work 14 to 20 hours in one day and I would do 15 oil paintings and I would, I mean, that flipping back and forth was actually my my thyroid under attack. Um, so, you know, actually just in my talking, I probably did have Hashimoto's in my 20s, which is where that flipping back and forth was. And then the symptoms really were slammed in my face with pregnancy, if that makes sense. It was able to be diagnosed. Unfortunately, I think they should have diagnosed it a while ago. The funny thing is bipolar patients, you you know, it's hard to get insurance. Uh, It's hard to get a job. Um, Once they know you're labeled that, it's, it's a stamp on you for life. And when I told my psychiatrist that I had Hashimoto's disease, they were like, oh, well, we can start weaning you off your medication. I bet you feel really exhausted and sleepy on it now. And I'm like, I do. Every time I take it, I'm I'm like, I need to sleep. She's like, yes, well, now the thyroid hormone's doing for you what the drugs we were giving you is doing for you. So we can start weaning you off that. And then they expunged my record and removed it. And I was I was dumbfounded. You sit there thinking, now, wait a minute. If you knew all along that this was an illness that possibly could be something else, why wouldn't you want to check and find out if that wasn't what was going on with me, you know, instead of letting it just sit and treating me and then being so willing to remove that diagnosis completely when you realized that it was Hashimoto? How many more people are you pouring drugs into and adding to their toxicity and making them deal with all these side effects when it's not necessary? That 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 oh, really. Ugh. You're gonna make me cry. I just I it's 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 the opposite of a flower filled moment, or maybe it's a semi flower filled moment. I don't know. I'm I'm floored, really, and to know that that where you are right now and where you were at nine and all that you went through. Really, I know you've talked about writing your story. I think you should. It's such a big one. It would help so many people. Yeah, it's it's why I started my blog. It's it's ironic. I really don't like to write, <laughs> and I'm not a big fan of reading. And yet, beside my bed, I have probably 30 books that are all thyroid books or autoimmune disease or food or genetically altered food research or because, you know, it's one of those no one should have to go through this. I mean, it. I, I can't say I have a single really good friendship from college, and I lived there for four years. It wasn't even that I, you know, went to classes and then came home for the summer. I had a full-time job there. I lived in that town, and yet when you're like that and you're all over the place, you can't, you can't hold down a healthy friendship. I was not a healthy person to be a friend of, and, and to to go through all that and then have the doctor look at me and be like, oh, oh, you have Hashimoto's? Oh, that makes perfect sense. You're not going to need this stuff anymore. Oh. You're good. It was just like oh. a gut punch, you know? It was like, wait, what? <laughs> so I, I can't I imagine cannot. how many others, you know? No, I think it should be standard care. I think I've mentioned this yeah. before. I, I don't know her, but I think that my grandmother, my great-grandmother, excuse me, my great-grandmother, 
died in a mental, you know, health institution. And I'm, I bet, you know, 99% or let's just go ahead and say 100% that they did not check her thyroid, you know, and, and, and I think it should be standard care. I think why not just, just rule it out. It It controls everything. (laughs) Right. Why not just, why not just rule it out? Just check it. Just see, you know, you go and you say, you know, I don't feel good. I'm depressed. I'm tired. And well, let's check this first. And then go from there. I mean, how many people out there could possibly be misdiagnosed? Sure, there are plenty of people who it is a chemical issue with their brain and, and no form of a thyroid hormone is going to help them. But how many people really could benefit from some form of, you know, T3 or, or you know, whatever? It's just it's astounding. It's funny how resisting doctors can be when you want to add T3 or thyroid hormones, but they have no problems adding Prozac or adding, you know, Depakote or adding Neurontin to your diet. When T3 is a naturally occurring hormone that your body uses and knows what to do with and knows how to process, I'm sorry, but I don't remember ever getting tested for my Prozac levels. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, I don't I don't think I have right. a deficit in Depakote. I don't. Um, no. I'm pretty certain no. that that wasn't built into my system initially. So it's it's just it's dumbfounding. And unfortunately, we have a culture who trusts everything the doctors say and the numbers that they test for thyroid um, are as wide, so wide you can, there's the, the the Grand Canyon, you're either going to be dead on one end or dead on the other, or they're going to say you're normal. Well, I'm sorry, but maybe normal isn't what I want to be. Maybe I want to be well. And that concept is not in our acute care medical treatments. It's just not there. They label what the drug company has diagnosed to be different diseases, and they treat with the drug that, and the color-coded pill that goes with it. They they don't seem to understand that your body is a complete unit and that everything is interconnected and that it all affects everything. Like they don't they they never even got that with me. So yeah, I I I'm appreciative of being able to be on your show and to be able to share this because it's it's where my heart is. Well, and it feels like, you know, with the show and and part of the mission is to, you know, scream it from the rooftops. I know that there is change being made. You know, they're making movies, and we do we do have fantastic doctors out there that are trying to do what they can and make change, and they're thyroid advocates and and all of that. But that's that's mainly what the show is for is is to to try to get people to pay attention, to know, to learn. I mean, how many how many people do you know don't even really know what your thyroid does? I mean, oh, or I've never heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so um. Yeah, I just I feel I feel very passionate about it as well because it does affect so many things. You know, I mentioned I think I mentioned probably every show. My mom she doesn't listen. One day she's going to say stop talking about me, and then I'm going to know she's listened. But she right. hasn't listened to the show, and I and I know that um, that she's had heart issues and heart problems and had a triple quadruple bypass. And I'm not entirely sure that it it wasn't thyroid related. She's been on Synthroid for thirty years and i'm thinking gosh you know what a what a gamble to just not be able to know what if what if we had tested and checked before all of the heart surgery and all that stuff and we could have really done something different with her 
with her medications, T3 and all that kind of stuff, and, and helped her to not have all of that. I mean, what if? So the what ifs now, you know, are, are too many, and it's it's very scary. Yeah. I um I had a thought, and I just lost it. I did. It just fluttered away. Oh. Um, What was it? <laughs> Come back. In and out. Nope. In and out. It's In gone. And out. Sorry. In and out. <laughs> I had a thought. I did that, that periodically happens. I did that earlier. <laughs> I did that earlier, and my husband, he was being so kind, he he. He came and got my glass and went to the kitchen and filled it up with um, agua de pipo, which is coconut water. And um, he came and brought it back, and it was so sweet. And and when he came back in and handed it to me, you know, I was like, thank you. And I felt like I was going to be okay with the question. And then, poof, gone. Gone. And then I have to start talking. To my, and my thoughts were completely See, I'm not perfect yet. <laughs> yeah. And then... And then there was some gluten and whatever. So anyway, it happens to the best of us. It happens to Tiffany and I all the time. So um, that's what makes the show real. So that's why I love doing it. So, um, so yeah, thank you for sharing your story. I mean, truly, it's, it's, it's so scary. I mean, all of us, we're all in this together. We all have our own stories. And, and there's so many external factors, and everybody is different. And I don't know how often – or how much we could or should say, no two bodies are the same. I mean, my friend and I were talking yesterday about how, you know, what kind of birth did you have? Were you a C-section or, or vaginal? Okay, let's just start there, okay? I mean, that has so much to do with who you turn out to be as a person and what your mother oh, yeah. has, and what, she, and what, and so there's just too many factors to treat thyroid with one pill or or without looking at the entire body, not just thyroid, but like, you know, any health issues. There's so many autoimmune issues, autoimmune diseases. I mean, you really need to look at the whole picture. And I'm really hoping, you know, there is such thing as a health coach, but I'm thinking, you know, doctor coach or, or something in the future that that they are experienced in all of it, that they have taken classes in nutrition, you know, because you, how many doctors have we had on the show that have said, you know, we've really didn't focus that much on nutrition. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's so scary. I mean, who was it? Hippocrates who said, you know, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food or backwards. I said it backwards. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's that was so long ago. And, and for us to not be treating we our got bodies. So excited, but we got so excited as a world to have all this acute care we could offer. You know, I, I want to be in America if I have a severe heart a heart attack and I have to have my heart rebuilt. I want to be in America if I break my leg in 16 places and, you know, my femur sticking out. I want to be in America if, you know, I have a head-on collision. But that acute care has broken us down into body parts to where there were times I wanted to get my psychologist together with my OB with my primary care doctor and have them sit and have a powwow because I really felt like what they were treating was all the same thing with different drugs. And instead of working it out to my betterment, I just added three different side effects to the same issue. And come to find out that was the case. So unfortunately, it's just our medical model. And hopefully we're leaning more towards going back to the holistic way of doing things, which is it might take you a three-hour visit with your doctor. It might take you a 40-page essay that you have to fill out on all of your family lineage so that they can see all those pieces you were talking about, like if you were a VBAC or if you were 
um, a C-section baby and all those questions that people are like, oh, I don't have time for that. Well, do you have time for wellness? Because this is how you get there. A lot of people don't want to hear that. And unfortunately, we're learning as a society that our we want an answer quick isn't working. Unfortunately, it's been a really yeah. hard lesson to learn. <laughs> we can be a little sick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really has been a hard lesson. And, and you know, you, what you said earlier was just so right on the money about, you know, the acute care and things. And, you know, I think we mention on the show every single time as well that, you know, we're not saying there's not a place for doctors. And you, and you sum that up so perfectly. I mean, there is such a, a great you know, you want to be in America for so many reasons because, you know, the doctors and the care and the specialized care, and if your femur's sticking out, I mean, where would you want to be? I'd rather be somewhere in, in the States for sure, you know, or if I was in a head-on collusion. I mean, that's so right on. And uh, so, you know, there's a, there's a place for conventional medicine. There's, a, you know, there's a place for doctors. But it, I think the balance is hopefully what we're leaning towards, the balance of both yeah. Eastern, Western. I think that would be so great. That's, the chronic the illnesses system. don't benefit from our acute system of this body part for that doctor. It's because we're a whole at that point. That's true. And and um, and nutrition it should be it should be such a big part. And you as a mom, you're sharing that with your kids, and me, I'm sharing with my kids. And I know most most all the people that are thyroid advocates out there who have kids are doing the same thing. So hopefully, you know, we're we're, we're raising a group of functional medicine, you know, Western medicine, Eastern medicine people, little kids. Hopefully we're, you know, we're in the world with at least that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? You know? Well, yes, it was a, such a great show. I know we got off track a little bit. and um, We were talking a little bit about gluten. but So let's just really quick, before before we close the show, let's talk a little bit about how gluten's affected you. It's a little different for me because I do live here in Costa Rica and I have some different things going on in my life. So, so let's talk about yours really quick because it did have a big impact for you. So before we close, let's talk about that. It did. Um, I actually, right when they found out I had Hashimoto's, they also wanted to diagnose me with fibromyalgia. My joint pain was so bad. Um, I couldn't pick up my daughter. I couldn't pick up milk out of the refrigerator without using two hands because I was afraid I would drop it. The pain would be like sudden and it would like spike up your, like for my arm, it would spike up my elbow and up to my, the side of my head. And it literally would make you drop anything. Um, and what I found when I dropped gluten is that joint pain went away. Well, gluten was causing inflammation in my body. And that inflammation had gone from attacking my thyroid to attacking my joint. All fibromyalgia really is, which Dr. Hotz talked about um, amazingly a couple um, Thyroid Nation radios ago, was it, it, it's just a title for joint pain. It's just a pharmaceutical big umbrella that means you feel yucky, here, take this. And what I found for me um, is that the gluten was the trigger. And when I pulled it, and that doesn't mean to switch to gluten-free garbage or carb garbage. Um, just because there's tons of packaged food out there that says gluten-free on it does not mean that that's how I eat. Um, just because something says it's gluten-free doesn't mean now it's good for you, <laughs> I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, I that's can my so own important. garden. It, yeah, but a lot of that people so think, important. oh, well, I'm just going to go eat the pizza. I'm going to eat the, you know, calzone. I'm going to have the, you know, cereal and and 
all it is is processed food that just has gluten-free on it. Well, you're still putting toxins in your body. You're still putting processed food in your body. It's still wrapped in plastic, which is giving you BPA and other toxins that are neurodisruptors as well as thyroid disruptors. It's, it's not healthy. You're still going to have problems. And I've had some people say, I went gluten-free and I didn't feel better, and I found out that they were just eating the gluten-free version of all the packaged food. And I'm like, well, right. that's why you're not feeling better. Uh, it, it's so much more than that. I do the healthy meats. My husband's a big hunter, so we get, you know, fresh turkey, fresh deer meat that has no antibiotics in it. it has, you know, they are naturally grazing out in the forest all year long. And, uh, you know, so <laughs> we try to eat that way as much as humanly possible. We can it and that kind of thing. And then we have this treat, you know, maybe twice a year where we order Domino's, you know, gluten-free pizza and and we enjoy ourselves. But, you know, I found for me and for my daughter, gluten makes her very congested. For my aunt, she's so congested. She was on a breathing treatment twice a day and she couldn't even barely walk up and down stairs. And when she got rid of gluten, she hasn't used that breathing treatment in like three years. So it made a huge impact on her life. People normally associate, you know, the the congestion and all that just solo, um, solo, sorry, only, sorry, there's my little Spanish coming out, um, <laughs> only with uh, with dairy, and and it can gluten can do the same. So you know, it's yeah. a really big deal. And and I didn't mean to to interrupt. You were on a roll, but I was going to throw that in, and now <laughs> now I don't know where we were going. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, 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 what I was saying was, and you're right, dairy is a big one, but um, my aunt happens to have Hashimoto's, and so I was like, well, why don't you try gluten-free? And it was amazing. She's like, I haven't used this machine in like two years. Uh, I breathe fine. Allergies don't bother me. She was so congested that she could barely breathe. And, and the other thing, too, that it's kind of a double whammy, if you eat gluten and it causes these issues, then you get infections more often which causes you to have more antibiotics, which kills your good gut flora, which makes you more susceptible to another infection, which gives you another antibiotic, which makes you more susceptible to infection. It it ends up being this, like, self-filling. Yeah. And you you got to kind of jump out of the circle and run (laughs) any direction. Just run. Um, but that it has been it has made a huge impact, and now we're learning from my son that um there's a a, a gluten uh has a a counterpart with lactose uh in his system and it's actually possibly causing toxicity so we're going to start doing testing for him soon um they kind of mimic each other in his system and we're seeing that that possibly is a problem for him so now he's probably going to be gluten free as well so it's amazing how many different you know things it can affect and for everyone it's so different that you really have to figure out what you need as our listeners are listening you, you really need to figure out what's best for you um to make sure that that you're doing what what you need to be well, and not to not eat carbs, you know, because you associate gluten with bread and pasta and that thing, that kind of thing, and 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 that's not exactly what we mean, you know. We're not saying cut carbs out. No, yeah, Cause no, I, I need fun, my carbs. I, that's what I run on. <laughs> yeah, I I have to have them. I I crave them, and I um. And that's a whole other issue. Tiffany and I were talking about the other day, the fact that I crave it. Whole other issue. But but no, but I do have adrenal fatigue and um and I do need my carbs. So we're not saying to just cut out 
you know, everything carbohydrates and not only associate gluten with, with bread and pasta and, and, and we don't mean to, to get rid of all of that stuff. We're just saying do what's right for you. Right. Well, let's go right ahead and, and this, let's go ahead and close this thing out. How about that? That sounds good. We want to give a very big thank you, as always, to our amazing Thyroid Nation radio team, without whom the show would not be possible. Raina Kranz, we hope you're feeling better. Laura Schooneman, I apologize. I have not actually said that name out loud yet, so I apologize. I butchered that, I'm sure. Uh, Blythe Clifford, Penny Jensen, Sarah Downing, and Marissa Ravello, and Shannon Garrett, the autoimmune RN. We're so glad to have you on our team, who is um, who is a Oh, okay. Please check out our bios, Thriver Stories, Facebook support groups, blogs, and the website links that you're going to find at thyroidnation.com. And there's a link on the far right for Thyroid Nation Radio where you can listen to all these shows that are archived. Make sure to follow Thyroid Nation on www.facebook.com. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading this incorrectly. Online, on Facebook, on Twitter, and Instagram. And in our Facebook group, which is the Hashis and Graves Thyroid Nation radio talk show, where you can ask questions and talk with others, and we are all there for you. It's funny because um, I, I read that, too, and, and Tiffany put that in there in our notes. So just so everybody's listening, when it says make sure to follow Thyroid Nation on the WWW World Wide Web. <laughs> right. what we meant, but yes. <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't previously read that one enough times, so <laughs> um be sure to tune in next week um here on Thyroid Nation Radio because we will be talking live with Jilly Ching and possibly Tracy Kane. They are thyroid advocates in New Zealand and uh they've got lots to talk about. I believe Sarah Sarah Downing, she's going to be uh, co hosting, so that'll be fabulous. I can't wait Yay. to hear both of those accents. It's gonna be so fun. <laughs> um that that'll just makes me giggle. And uh, we want to remind you all that wellness is a journey and it takes continual maintenance and evaluation. Make sure to always listen to your body, be mindful of what it's telling you, and definitely to follow your, your doctor's recommendations as well. And listen to your gut. You know, there's something to be said for listening to your gut, right? Yes, exactly. From all of well, us here. Dana. Uh, this is, and this, this is, is Melissa. Anna, your thyroid. That's right, and we are uh, we're here for um, for all of you, and we're bringing the collective voice of thyroid thrivers worldwide, so that together, united we heal. Thanks, guys. See you Bye. next week. Yay! Thanks, Melissa. <laughs> you were fabulous. I Have hope a great so. day. Happy Fourth of. You were wonderful. Thank you, Connie. Oh. Have a great day, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.